0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD
1: WPHD HD, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli.
2: Dead Dolphins. What's causing the dead dolphins in New Jersey? We have no idea. Nobody can figure it out. Nobody. Welcome back to the show. It is our fourth and final hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Great to be with you today on a very, very busy, busy Monday. As Mondays seem to be these days, as we get closer and closer to the election, um, which is going to be in, what, 280 days or something like that? I think it's 280 days. It's a lot of fun. Good times. Good times. Now, a story that came out over the weekend, uh, there's two two issues here with what's going on in New Jersey. The first one is you have to understand something. That is that uh, the governor... Uh, The king, his royal rugness, King Philip the Unaccountable, wants to be president of the United States of America. So if you're listening right now in Pennsylvania or Delaware or Maryland or wherever else you are across the country and go, "Ah, this doesn't affect me, I don't live in Jersey, you're wrong, it does affect you because he definitely, definitely 100% wants to run for president. But the second reason it, it affects you is because what he's doing here is so corrupt with his wife Tammy, it is the epitome of Democrat corruption. So, as you know, uh, Goldbar Bob Menendez has been selling out the United States of America for, uh, for Egypt and Qatar, helping his friends there in Egypt and Qatar. And in doing so, Mer- um, uh, Goldbar Bob Menendez has shown himself to be one of the absolute biggest slime balls in the history of slime. Now, we've always known he was corrupt. Everybody in Jersey knows that. It's the worst kept secret in New Jersey. But the difference, though, is that he crossed the Obama administration on Iran and that's they will they will tolerate democrat corruption. They definitely will. Uh, As long as you play ball with them, then suddenly, if you don't, then they get very upset. And that's when they turn around and they say, oh, you're not being a good boy or girl. We have to indict you uh, for the corruption that we all know about because we know you're corrupt. And that's what happened with Menendez. You know, I have people tweeting at me and saying, Rich, you're missing the point. He crossed Obama. He crossed Biden on Iran. No, I'm not missing the point. That is the point. Exactly right. But it doesn't change the fact that he's corrupt. He's a corrupt SOB. Two things can be true at the same time. So anyway, uh, now that Menendez is toast, the governor has decided he wants his wife, Tammy, to run for U.S. Senate so that they could be the new Clintons. But the thing about it, of course, is that he could demand that Bob Menendez leave office early. I mean, he could come out and say, I I want you out and uh, I want to appoint a successor, but he doesn't want to do that. The reason why is because he doesn't want to appoint his own wife to the U.S. Senate seat because that that would look bad and here's the governor now using his office to appoint his wife to the Senate. Wouldn't play well. I know that Democrats are rarely held accountable for things, but it would, it would, there'd be blowback, no, no question about it. So they want Tammy Murphy to win the nomination and all the Democrat Party bosses in New Jersey will do what they're told. She'll win the nomination and then she will become the next United States Senator for New Jersey because she'll be the Democrat nominee. So New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy... Turns out has been using taxpayer resources to promote his wife as he campaigns to become the Garden State's, as she campaigns to become the Garden State's latest U.S. Senator. And this is from the New York Post. Governor Murphy's press office has pumped out a slew of fawning press releases, which appear on the governor's website about First Lady Tammy Murphy after she announced her Senate run on November 15th. There's one on January 16th, 2024. First Lady Tammy Murphy celebrates signing of doula access bill. Why is that a a, a press release from the governor's office that the First Lady celebrates this? First Lady Tammy Murphy celebrates the signing of the doula access bill. I mean, you got to have a good doula. January 23rd, 2024. First Lady Tammy Murphy today hosted a roundtable discussion to celebrate Maternal Health Awareness Day. Now you might ask yourself, all right, well, who was at this roundtable discussion? Who was there? Powerful people across New Jersey—that's who. Shocking, and they came up with recommendations for legislation. The health commissioner was there. The assistant health commissioner was there. All these very, very important people—people uh, people in the legislature were there. People in the uh, in the um, in the medical community were there. Yes, lots of very, very important, powerful people were there. As you can imagine, January 9th, 2024, First Lady Tammy Murphy announces the 2024 State of the State Address special guests on Tuesday, January 9th. Now, who would be the special guests you might want to know who came to King Philip the Unaccountable's State of the State Address? Uh, Sabrina Charles, a senior's honor student at Rutgers University, nursing school, Alex Chen, senior at the Essex County, Donald M. Payne Senior Tech High School. Jose Flores, immigrant, restaurant guy, Eddie Freeman from Marlton, New Jersey, a homeowner, United States Army Reserve veteran, uh, and the list goes on and on and on. All these people who were invited as the dignitaries to join His Royal Highness and the Royal Family for the State of the State Address. December 13th, First Lady Tabby Murphy announced that six public members have been appointed by Governor Phil Murphy to serve on the board of the New Jersey Maternal and Infant Health Innovation Authority. Okay, so why wouldn't the press release just come from the governor's office since he's the one doing the appointing? Well, because that would mean you missed an opportunity to get her name into the story. That's why. So, December 13th, 2023, First Lady Tammy Murphy announced that six public members have been appointed by the governor, by her husband, to serve on the board. I what you're thinking, what, so she's a spokesperson now? No, of course not. She's the first lady. But the point is, it's a way to get her name in the article. November 20th, 2023. At Maternal and Infant Health Roundtable Discussion at University Hospital, First Lady Tammy Murphy announces introduction of doula access bill. <clears throat> Legislation ensures doula's access to hospitals and birthing facilities to accommodate pregnant mothers. And by the way, they love, um, they do, they do—they—they—they—they they, they love this whole maternal access thing. I mean, they're all in on abortion, obviously, all over, but this is this is her big core issue. <laughs> maternal health. November 20th, a maternal and infant health roundtable discussion at University Hospital First Lady of Tammy Murphy. I, I, I shared that one already. Okay, there's so many, it's hard to keep track. Critics know that Tammy Murphy benefits from the trappings of being First Lady with a November 22nd release announcing that, quote, Governor Murphy and First Lady Tammy Murphy invite New Jersey residents to holiday open houses at Drum Thwacket, the governor's mansion in Princeton. She faces a contested Democrat primary from Congressman Andy Kim and possibly Senator Robert Menendez himself, whose seat they are vying for. The state's other U.S. Senate seat is held by Democrat Corey Booker, better known as Spartacus Booker and the Tears of Rage Band. Now, the Republican Party and my buddy Alex Wilkes, who was a spokeswoman over there, said, we finally understand. All these years, Phil Murphy promised that to make things stronger and fairer, he was talking about his own marital harmony. Not New Jersey. His backwards policies have bankrupted everyone in the state who hasn't already left. So it makes sense that he's using the taxpayer dime to support the wife's campaign. They're some of the only ones left who can afford to stay here. The Murphy situation is reminiscent of when then-President Bill Clinton was accused of using the power of the Oval Office to help his wife Hillary in her successful bid to become U.S. Senator from New York. Well, I mean, obviously, the Murphys look at the Clintons and think, well, why not? Right? Why not us? I guess in some ways you might say to yourself, sorry, I just threw up Minton. Uh, you might say to yourself, well, yeah, I mean, why not? First Lady Tammy Murphy is proud to continue the impactful work she started six years ago through her Nurture NJ initiative to tackle our state's maternal and infant health crisis and make New Jersey the safest and most equitable state in the nation to deliver and raise a baby, said a spokesperson for the governor's office, the most equitable state to raise a baby until that baby can't afford to live in New Jersey. Like most people in New Jersey. And that baby decides I want to live in Florida, where the baby's parents do. In January 2021, First Lady Murphy unveiled the Nurture NJ Maternal and Health, Infant Health Statewide Strategic Plan, with a path and a promise to reduce maternal deaths by 50% over five years. And in partnership with thousands, this work must continue. Over the years, she has also worked to incorporate climate change education, support women-owned businesses. Among other learning priorities, the climate change education, of course, is the ultimate indoctrination of your students in New Jersey public schools, where you are just told what is causing climate change. You're not going to learn about dead whales and dolphins, though. Now, I've, I've been involved in New Jersey politics for most of my life. Literally, I had my first internship when I was in junior high school. So I understand how the game works and uh, the powerful party bosses do whatever the governor tells them to do because the governor controls all the purse strings. And the way it works in New Jersey is that these counties have something that's known as the line the party line. It's a column, basically. And if you're on it, the voters can see you. If you're not on it, they have to search you out. It's not easy to do. It's how these uh, these party bosses maintain all their power and their control. But a lot of it has to do with the governor, has, it may, the New Jersey governor, the structure of that office, is the most powerful in the country. In terms of appointments, in terms of doling out the bucks, in terms of stopping people in their tracks, if he doesn't like you, and in terms of killing whales and dolphins. Undisputed power. Tammy Murphy has made maternal health a key plank in her Senate campaign, launching a mom Sir Murphy team. So the governor's office is in sync with her campaign message. Look at that, huh? Look at that. Now, I'll tell you, if I keep thinking about the corruption in New Jersey, I will definitely get sick <laughs> because it's so blatantly obvious. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like New Jersey now is, is going to add grief instruction for 8th through 12th graders. Grief instruction. What, why are parents not... Helping with grief. When did this become the job of the school? New Jersey has become the first state to require health and gym teachers to help students cope with the death of a loved one. And it must provide instruction to students in grades 8 through 12 on the physical, emotional, and behavioral symptoms of grief, as well as other coping mechanisms. I just, I, I mean, it, 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 it scares me because I think whenever you have the state telling students what grief is and how to get over grief, it just becomes a little bit... And it opens the door for them to turn around and think that government plays a role in all this. You know what I mean? As you, as you create little indoctrinated little robots. And John Bramnick, who's a Republican, I use that in air quotes, who just announced he's running for governor, says, all you have to do is talk to a student who lost their parent and you will see why this is a good idea. It's incredibly important legislation. It's the, it's the first law of its kind in the country. But the bill had unanimous support. I don't know. I mean, I think it's just one of those things where it, sound, it sounds like a great idea, but you got to see how it plays out in real life because what we're talking about here is potentially now. Well, like, for example, I mean, will we, have, will we, have, will we talk about grief over dead whales and dolphins? Like, in that, well, like, will that come up? You know what I'm saying? Will that, will that come up in the, in the course of all this? Because the other story about New Jersey, of course, is that they just handed out two major windmill contracts. Two big windmill subsidy contracts, which cannot exist, by the way, without billions of dollars of subsidies. They just can't. I mean, you can't build these things as taxpayers without you paying for them. A new analysis by, that came out, which was posted on our buddy Matt Rooney's site, SaveJersey.com. New offshore wind projects to cost New Jerseyans almost $1 billion a year. On January 24th, the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities approved two massive offshore wind projects 2400 M, uh, megawatt leading light wind and 1,342 megawatt attentive energy 2. The two projects will raise the cost of electricity by only $6.84 a month for a typical residential customer only $60 a month for a typical commercial customer and only $513 a month for a typical industrial customer, which of course means all of that will be passed on to you. When you add up the cost for all 3.7 million residential customers, 538,000 commercial customers, and over 11,000 industrial customers, the annual bill totals over 750 million dollars. By the time the projects are completed, inflation is likely to have pushed the figure close to one billion dollars. One billion dollars. Every year for the 20-year life of the contracts. So I'm no math guy, but one billion times 20 is like almost $20 billion. According to the fact sheet, the two projects will create 5,000 direct full-time equivalent jobs. But I don't believe that. So this is going to be a government job creation bill is basically what it is. Now, then you have to think about the other aspect of all this, which is that not only do people hate these windmills and these wind turbines, you have all these dolphins, these dolphins that are dying. Oh, I'll get into the Taylor Swift thing with you, by the way. Oh, I will. I will get into the Taylor Swift thing. But it was a deadly year for dolphins in New Jersey. And, I, and you have to wonder why. Why? How did all these Dolphins die in such a a, a long, 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 terrible year for Dolphins? Not as bad as the Lions did last night, but actually that game was pretty close. But as a bummer, you know, I was, uh, they were America's underdog. I think everybody was rooting for them. But let's think about this now. NJ.com posts one of their stories for their subscriber specials. So you have to be a subscriber to get it. And what I tweeted out yesterday was, I wonder what could be causing this. His royal rugness, King Philip the Whale and Dolphin Killer, says it's not the wind turbine. So we can rule that out. 54 dolphins died along the Jersey Shore in 2023, the third deadliest year in decades. Fifty. For do- and those are the ones we know about. We don't know about the ones that drop to the bottom of the ocean or eaten by sharks or whatever else. We just, we don't know. But what we do know, though, is that the corporate media and the government, they're all in on saying it's not wind turbines. It can't be wind turbines. You can't, you can't believe it is. See, it's like anything else, right? Anything else that's science related. They tell you what it's not. They don't tell you what it is because they don't know, but they tell you what it's not. But if they don't know what's causing it, how can they know what's not causing it? Exactly. It's like the same thing with the COVID lab leak theory, right? Which of course is a fact. We we say we know definitively it was it did not come from a lab. So you 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 know it came from a wet market? No. We just know it didn't come from a lab. Huh? New Jersey saw its third highest number of stranded dolphins in the past 20 years, in 2023, with 54 dolphins or porpoises washing up on its shores. But experts aren't sounding any alarm bells yet. Well, why should they? Dead dolphins don't vote. Dead Democrats do, but not dead dolphins. The 54 deaths of different types of dolphins in harbor porpoises last year is higher than the annual median, based on the data going back to 2002. The median number of dolphins at Washashore each year is 35. That means the number of deaths in 2023 was more than 50% higher than in a typical year. Much of the increase is chalked up to three mass stranding events. The cause of deaths were typical health-related issues commonly observed in stranded dolphins, like infections or pneumonia. The first mass stranding event happened in Sandy Hook in February when three dead dolphins became stuck in shallow water close to the shoreline. Rescue teams were called, but all three dolphins died on the beach. Now, what's making the dolphins act so kooky and crazy? Well, the the reason why the dolphins are doing these things, like swimming so close to shore, is because the massive sounds that they're hearing as they do the exploration for the windmills and the sonar mapping, as it's called, is causing the dolphins to freak out. Same with the whales. And they think that they are escaping predators. So they swim close to shore and they get stranded. Researchers eventually determine that year to be what's considered an unusual mortality event. They don't, in this article, by the way, they, they don't even mention the wind turbines. They don't even mention that because why would they mention that? That would, that would get in the way of their, of their big climate change agenda. So they'll bring up all the other reasons why dolphins could be dying, but they will never mention anything about the fact that, you know what, it could maybe, just maybe, be the fact that, as Michael Schellenberger pointed out in his documentary, the sounds that are created from the piling, boom, 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 what happens there um, really affects the whales and the dolphins to such a big degree that you, you understand that they freak out. They freak out. And, I, and look, I don't blame them for freaking out. I'd freak out, too. I'd freak out, too, because if you think about it for a moment, this is their home, right? This is their home. And now you have these people coming in and then these people are, are, are turning their home into a home for windmills. And in doing all this, they are creating these very dangerous circumstances for them renewable wind turbines linked to whale deaths journalist Michael Schellenberger talked about his documentary wind turbines linked to whale deaths and it's because of the sound of the pilings it's because of the sound of the pilings and we all know what it is but when you have people that are hell bent on getting these wind turbines built because there's so much money involved they're never ever going to come out and tell you the truth there's too much money at stake and dead whales don't vote and dead dolphins don't vote either. So that's how it goes. So New Jersey is a wash in corruption. Now, the good news, though, is that we can, we can fight back on these whales. We can fight back on these whale deaths and these dolphin deaths. We can, we can fight back on the, uh, the wind turbines, just like we did. Just like we did when it came to Orsted and we got them to leave New Jersey, which was great. Because we will push back on our shows at the Grand Hotel of Cape May. We'll push back. And don't forget, the the Right Whale Society has already come out and said, this is killing whales, and this will drive the species to extinction if the wind turbines are not stopped. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Coming up, Ilon Omar hates America. No surprise there. And Bill Maher schools the guy who created uh, Family Guy, Seth MacFarlane, on how the media cannot be trusted. Don't go away. Call from mom. Answer it
1: the only show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app.
2: Can Republicans win Pennsylvania? You bet. There's a pathway. There's a big pathway there ahead. And if they do, they will put a Republican in the White House, no doubt about it. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. It is our fourth and final hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Don't forget... Uh, Thursday night, Parks Casino. Parks Casino Comedy Night. I want to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have some great comedians coming out. 20 bucks, get your ticket, your first drink included. Uh, I'll be the MC along with Mike Baldini. We'll have a great time together. And, uh, yeah, we'll have some fun. So all you got to do is get your tickets by going to parkscasino.com slash comedy. You must be 21. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette has a story about the chart to a Pennsylvania victory in the 2024 presidential election. And there is a way, there is absolutely a way. And, and by the way, the lesser Casey, Bob Casey, has awoken from his slumber to say that, yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, yeah, it's no doubt about it. We are very, very concerned about this race because Dave McCormick has money and party unity behind him. Oh, there's also a um, Spotlight PA story today about Pennsylvania that say, officials fret over the 2024 election. Is Pennsylvania prepared for misinformation and mail ballot canvassing. And of course, what they try to do is they try to come out there and say that the Republicans are out there spreading misinformation about mail and balloting. Uh, the re- the reality is, and you and I both know this, we have to do a better job of convincing Republicans that they have to trust the system while ensuring that the system is is absolutely 100% fair and honest and not corrupt But the Democrats have a massive advantage in mail-in balloting and it's not going away because because what's happening is the state is funding all this. Like Erie County, Pennsylvania alone received $900,000 in state funding to help with the counting of mail-in ballots and hiring more workers to count the mail-in ballots. So even though we know that there's corruption around these things, even though we know that these things can be be tinkered with, um, you're not allowed to ask any of those questions. So don't ask questions, okay? Got it? Good. Glad to hear that. Now, there is a pathway to victory, though. Donald Trump won Pennsylvania in the presidential election in 2016. And if they look now at 2024... Alex Conant, a Washington-based Republican consultant, said, I would tell him to do everything he can to make this election a referendum on Biden. If this election is about Trump's character and behavior. He's not going to do well with independents. What are independents thinking about when they go to vote? Is it Biden's record on core issues or Trump's tweets? Somebody made a great point the other day. We were watching the games together. They said, tell me what you like about Joe Biden and his policies without mentioning Donald Trump. Tell me what you like about Joe Biden and his policies without mentioning Donald Trump. You can't mention Donald Trump's name. All right, so that's the only thing you can't mention Donald Trump's name. Go. Can you do it? Can you? Can you? Can you tell me something you like about Joe Biden without bringing up Trump? Now, now the answer is always no. They they can't. I mean, they can't because they they, they the only reason why they like Biden is because they're terrified of another Trump presidency. That's it. That's it. I, I mean, why? Wh- what is there to say that they like about Biden exactly? Huh? What is there to say that they like is my question. Donald Trump, yes, when he was
4: commander in chief, refused to visit a cemetery, U.S. cemetery outside of Paris. Not true. For fallen American soldiers. Not true. And he referred to those heroes, and I quote, as suckers and losers. Not true. He actually said that. He Not said true. that. How dare he say that? How dare he talk about my son and
2: all of us like that? Uh, Joe Biden's not well, obviously, but the story not true. Number one, number two, the other question that I, I think everybody has to ask themselves is, why does Biden yell? Does it? Does that make it? Does that make it better? I mean, if you yell. Does that make it true? I'm just curious. Does it make Trump the sitting president?
4: Did you see what he recently said about that wants the, the, He wants to see the economy crash this year. Yeah. A sitting president as they say in my face bless me father for i mean come on man
2: come on man he's a sitting president well you got that part right i guess in some ways anyway i don't I, I, biden's having a tough time here too i mean he's having a tough time with a lot of different things but he he also in addition to you know not being able to really form a coherent sentence he's got democrats coming at his heels like gavin newsom all over the tv this weekend all over the TV this weekend. Oh yeah, and all these rumors about Michelle Obama—they're still out there. They're out there. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying they're not going away. And why? And why? And 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 why would they go away? You know what I mean? Why would they go away? Because it's very obvious that Joe Biden is not well. He's not well. And I mean, like for example, tell me what he's saying right here. Go ahead. Translate this. Go so ahead.
4: Salem, asylum officers. And over one hundred cutting edge and inspe- inspection machines to help detect and stop fentanyl coming out our, South- our southwest Marshall, <Customers, their>
2: border. It's <laughs> like Chevy Chase when he did Land Shark and Saturday Night Live. Mr. Mushroom Mushroom? Mr. Mushroom Mushroom. So all right, so then so Democrats can't answer the question of what do you what do you like? Right? What do you like about Joe Biden without bringing up Trump's name? Biden has been viewed unfavorably 55% to 41% in a recent Quinnipiac University poll of Pennsylvania voters for Trump, it was 58% unfavorable and 38% favorable. Mike Duhaime, a Republican consultant in New Jersey, who was a Christie guy said, I don't know that the Republicans are going to win Pennsylvania. Trump makes it hard. People already know what they think of him. Most people don't like him. Well, Biden may not be doing a great job. He's more likable. Uh, Mike, you're wrong. It's not about likability this time around. It's about results. It's about results, period. That's it. I mean, that's about results. It, you, 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 you simply cannot sit back and tell me, nobody likes either one of these two guys. Fine. But then you got to turn around and go, all right, well, if, it's, if I don't like either one of you, then who's better? Who's better doing the job? I don't have to like you. I just want to know who's better doing the job. You know, all these people in this article, they keep mentioning likability as if it's a factor. There are going to be a lot of people who are center-left Democrats or squishy Republicans who are going to vote for Trump and not tell anybody. They're, they're just going to go, and they're not going to say anything. Vince Galco, a Republican strategist based in Northeastern PA, said Republicans must focus on kitchen table issues, such as the economy, rather than hot button social issues, including abortion. Well, you know, the other, the other thing here, too, is that if you talk about kitchen table issues, people at the kitchen table may sit around and say they don't like Trump personally, but they also don't like the cost of the groceries at the kitchen table. Almost 60% of the 3.5 million Pennsylvanians who voted for Mr. Biden in 2020 did so by mail. I've told you that the Republicans have to embrace mail-in balloting. I don't like it. You don't like it. We don't like it. I get it. But if we don't, we're going to have a problem in this next election. We're going to have a problem. We just are. We, 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 We just are. President Trump uniquely possesses the vision, experience, and ability to steer America back toward a path of prosperity, said U.S. Rep. Representative Guy Reschenthaler. I'm calling on Nikki Haley to suspend her candidacy immediately, as any future campaign efforts will only bolster Joe Biden and his radical Democrats. He's right, Guy Reschenthaler is correct about that point. He's absolutely correct on that point. But don't think for don't think for a moment that, that Nikki Haley's going anywhere if there's a pathway to the convention and getting Trump out of the race, because this is what she'll do. I mean she'll stay in if she thinks there's a way that she can get there. Don't I mean don't you think? If she thinks that there's a chance that something's going to happen to Joe to uh, to Donald Trump and she's got the money behind him, she might she might just stay there.
4: Folks um uh I uh if I were smart I'd say thank you and leave. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I mean
2: it's a good point. If you were smart, you'd just say thank you and leave. But you're not that smart, so. And then you have you have the other problem too for the Democrats right now is that they look crazy. Not only the border invasion, also, but you have crazy people in the party like Ilan Omar, for example. I mean, Ilan Omar hates America. There's this viral clip going on about her yelling in, and, and I guess it's it's Somali. I guess would be the language. I, I I'm not quite I'm not quite sure, but I don't want to play it for you because honestly, it's it's it, it's it's painful. It, it really is painful to listen to. But she was condemned on social media after a passionate speech supporting Somalia, harshly criticized by conservatives on social media Sunday after a video was shared showing her speaking about her support for Somalia. In the video. The progressive kook Minnesota leader was addressing a crowd in a Minneapolis hotel when she spoke about the Somaliland and the unrecognized states deal with Ethiopia, which Somali allies, which Somalia alleges infringes on its territory. The video shared on X contains an English translation. Omar's response to the controversy lends credence to the translation being largely accurate. And essentially what it comes out and says is that, you know, the U.S. is going to do what, whatever it wants. I think people look at the kind of craziness of the kookery of people like Ilan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the others and they go, the Democrats are whack. Democrats are nuts. That's why John Fetterperson keeps coming out and pretending that he's this big moderate or John Fetterperson's body double does. No, really, because they want it. They, they know they know that this is a loser for them to, to, to associate themselves with crazy people. They know it's a loser for them. So that's why John Fetter person is doing everything he possibly can or his body double is to sound like he's a reasonable guy, a reasonable guy. And he's only doing that because he hears from people on the streets. He hears from people on the streets and he knows what people are saying. And they think the country is nuts. They think the country is crazy. They think the country is going on a very, very bad direction and it's already in a bad direction. And christy noem who i think would be a great vice presidential contender for donald trump she should definitely be on the short list of nothing else she schooled dana bash on everything that's going on at the border she did a great job and i'm glad she said dana bash on cnn straight take a listen to some of this
0: there is real concern that things between texas and the federal government could turn violent are you worried about that well, that's why I went to the border on Friday. Uh, I went there to see with my own eyes what was going on and recognizing that that I am, as governor of South Dakota, I'm commander in chief of my National Guard. That's a heavy responsibility that sits on our shoulders. We have the same responsibility for those families and those soldiers that the president should feel, feel for our military and how he engages them. Uh, so we don't know where this will escalate. We don't know what the president will do. We don't know how he'll try to manipulate our soldiers and if he will even defend our country uh, from this invasion that is happening. So that's why I went there. Um, I'm all in to protect our state sovereignty. I deal every day, Dana, in South Dakota with the effects of this open border. We have those Mexican cartels that have a presence on my nine tribal reservations where those communities are suffering mm-hmm. from the drug trafficking and the human trafficking that's going through my tribal reservations where I don't have any jurisdiction. Uh, I can't go there and help bring peace to their community. I can't help protect them from these so, Mexican cartels. So are you worried about in violence? South Dakota, facilitating unrest. Are you I am about concerned violence? about violence because people in South Dakota live with violence every single day. But are They're you worried about violence on the border between? And my tribes have asked. State forces, National Guard forces, National well, Forces, and feds? What I what I do as governor is I start looking at the long range effects of every single decision and what I'm prepared to do. So that's why I went to the border on Friday was to look at there could be a violent situation, but there also could be areas where we need to take legal action as governors to protect our states. I'm willing to put all of that on the table to make sure that we're protecting the freedoms that we've always had ever since this country was founded. That's my responsibility and why I get up every single day.
2: Good. and you know what it, it, the only person and by the way sorry that was my, my stupid Waze app came on and was giving me alerts about traffic or something I don't know what the, what the heck that was uh, I I thought my phone was muted on do not disturb I tend to put it on do not disturb but anyway so if you heard that dinging, sorry about that uh, she's right by the way she's absolutely right the only person who should be worried about the border situation turning violent is Joe Biden because it's such a disaster for him right now politically speaking that if if America looks at the United States of America taking a bold stand against the state of Texas. It's show over for Joe Biden. Show over. All right, we got a lot to talk about as we conclude the show before I turn it over to the great one, Mark Levin. Seth Meyers gets schooled by Bill Maher on the media and how you can't trust them. Don't go.
1: Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app.
2: Can you trust the media? Of course not. We know the answer because all these corporations own them and they're there for propaganda purposes. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. Our fourth and final hour on a busy, busy Monday. Uh, Mayorkas will hopefully get impeached. Good. That's excellent news. And um, Seth MacFarlane, whose shows I think are great. I mean, I love Family Guy. I love the movie Ted. I think he's a very, very creative and very funny guy. Uh, Was on with Bill Maher. And they had a very tense exchange over trustworthiness in the media. And Bill Maher is, is right on this point. I mean, look, Bill Maher's wrong on a lot of things, but he's right in a lot of things. And he's right on this point. Take a listen.
1: There's this there's this, this thing we take for granted now that the, the journalist who did the work gets to have their uh, uh, piece put on the same shelf as everyone else's spur of the moment bull. You seem to trust journalists more than I do. I trust certain journalists, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, certain ones I do. Yeah. Not a lot.
4: And Not a lot? I, no. And I'm, everything I read, whatever source, it's only half the truth. They print, they print the narrative. They don't print truth. That's a they, generalization, though. Isn't well, it, it really? is, because it's, it's generally true.
2: He's exactly, yes, right. They print the narrative. That's what they do. They print the narrative, not the truth. And the reason for that, of course, is because the 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 goal of the corporate media is is to help perpetuate a narrative. That's what they do. It's to perpetuate a narrative. They don't want the truth. That's not what they're about. They are looking to push a certain narrative to get their political objectives met. You know that. I mean, obviously, we all know that. The, the the everything in this election that's coming out, the entire issue about this re-election between Trump and Biden is Joe Biden is trying to make it. Trump is scary and, and bad and mean and will destroy democracy. And and it's like the question I asked you earlier. Tell me what you like about Biden without mentioning Donald Trump's name. Peter Doocy reported in South Carolina that um, Joe Biden's entire stump speech And the entire speech that they're going to focus on the campaign is entirely about Trump. It's not about his accomplishments, not about his record. It's entirely, entirely about Trump. This is from Fox News Sunday.
0: Both President Biden and former President Trump cruised to victories in New Hampshire. Now the eyes of 2024 campaigns shift toward the South Carolina primary. The GOP will vote February 24th, but the Democrats moved up their primary day to this coming Saturday. Fox News White House correspondent Peter Ducey joins us live from Columbia, South Carolina, where the president's traveling to rally support ahead of the vote. Hey, Peter.
3: Shannon, South Carolina saved President Biden in 2020. He was as low as primary candidates get, but limped in here, then won. Now he is hoping to use this state's diverse primary base as a springboard for a second term.
4: If I were smart, I'd say thank you and leave.
3: He stayed with a pitch to South Carolina's black Democratic primary voters.
4: More black Americans have health insurance than ever in history. A promise made and a promise kept.
3: Both Biden and RNC chair Ronna McDaniel believe November's GOP nominee will be Donald Trump.
0: I'm looking at the math and the path going forward. And I don't see it for Nikki Haley.
3: Haley, not happy.
0: I let her know how disappointed I was.
3: An RNC resolution was floated and pulled this week to declare Trump the party's presumptive nominee. He didn't want Meanwhile, it. Meanwhile, Trump he is now taking it. incoming from Haley and President Biden for the
2: same thing. Let's just understand. Trump said, I want to win it the old fashioned way. I want to win it from votes. And he will. Hey, isn't doesn't, doesn't need an RNC resolution he doesn't need the RNC to do anything he, he doesn't. he didn't need them in 2016 he doesn't need them now like if anything they've just been they've been a thorn in his side
3: statement Trump made that Nikki Haley was in charge of capital security January 6th
4: have you noticed He's a little confused these days. I think he was a bit confused, and so we'll let that pass. He apparently can't tell the difference between Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi. Trump insists he's good. I'll tell you what, I feel sharper now than I did 20 years ago. I really do. I don't know. It's probably not true.
3: But Trump remains the Democrats' top target.
4: You're the reason Donald Trump is a loser. And you're the reason we're going to win and beat him again.
3: We didn't hear President Biden say Nikki Haley's name once last night. Even here in his home state, in in her home state, Uh, his campaign speech has been retooled. It is now being road tested. And the really, really fiery lines have nothing to do with anything Biden did in office or would do with the second term. They are all about Trump,
2: Shannon. They're all about Trump. That's the whole strategy. That's all they have. That's the strategy. It's just to scare you about Donald Trump, Period they don't have they don't have an agenda that they can win on they don't have an agenda they're running on it's entirely can we scare you about Donald Trump that's it because if they run on their record they're toast they are toast all right, listen. Speaking of toast, go give your fat dog some toast. Well, that was a story we did r- earlier in the show today. Pennsylvania has America's fattest dogs, and uh, I, I don't exactly know the reason. I think probably the dogs are stress eaters, like I am. That's probably what happens. But uh, just remember something though, and this is this is this is a good stress relief a laugh. Thursday night, Parks Casino Comedy Night. And also don't forget our big event coming up with Terry Hayes, the author of The Year of the Locust, which is going to be next week, Wednesday, February 7th. Get your tickets by going to 1210WPHD.com today. So between the Comedy Night on Thursday, the Speaker Series event Wednesday night, we are going to have some real fun together. I hope you will join us. I hope you will take the time to come out. Get your tickets for the Comedy Night by going to ParkSCasino.com slash comedy. Get your tickets for the Terry Hayes event at 1210 WPH. Dot com. Have a great rest of your night. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Thank you for listening. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3
1: 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the Free Odyssey app.